you know, surround yourself with other like-minded people that you gotcha. can support each other. I think we can't do it alone, even though a lot of people think they can. Um, I don't, I think we're all more successful when we have people around us to lift us up when we're struggling mm -hmm. and to, to applaud us when we're doing amazing. Hey everyone, it's me again, Jay Christ, and welcome to another episode of The Design Live Show. In episode 75 of TDLS, I sat down with the super amazing Laura Bioparland. She is an entrepreneur, an award-winning speaker, a design and branding expert, and the founder of Live Creative. In her more than two decades as a designer and 15 as an entrepreneur, Laura has learned that it takes more than just being really good at what you do to start and run a successful business. Her mission is to help ambitious entrepreneurs create strong, memorable brands that attract the right clients. In this episode, we talk about her design life stories from ground up, how she was able to start her design career after studying graphic design up to the point of starting her own design business. She also shared her challenges on starting a design business and how she was able to deploy the ads. What is branding from the perspective of a designer with more than two decades of experience? We also talk about massive practical and actionable tips on creating a strong, memorable brands that, that really attract clients. And we also talk about the importance and impact of surrounding yourself with like-minded people and the brand chemistry book that she wrote to help other small businesses and entrepreneurs who want to build a long-lasting brand and much, much more. So I'm super thrilled to share this episode for you all guys and I'm sure this is really a value bump for everyone who wants to, you know, uh, try to develop a more engaging and more long-lasting brand for their small businesses, especially for creative entrepreneurs who just getting started. So make sure to subscribe on any of your favorite podcasting app if you haven't already. So the podcast is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And make sure to also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. In that way, you are helping me to reach more people. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode. You're listening to The Design Life Show, a podcast that's helping everyone grow to live a meaningful and creative life. It's me, Jake Rice, a designer from the Philippines, best known for being an advocate of essentialism and optimism. I'm sitting down with awesome people to talk about their journey, their process, and the lessons they've learned along the way. Hey everyone, it's me again, Jake Rice, and welcome to the another episode of The Design Live Show. And I'm super, super thrilled tonight, actually, and uh, and the day uh, daytime for Laura, right? So Laura, how are you? I'm super stoked to have you on the show, and I'm super honored. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's definitely, it's early morning here, and it sounds like it's nighttime for you, so we're on opposite <laughs> sides of the world. Yeah. It's it's amazing, right? So how this technology connects different world <laughs> in different times. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, for just to give context in this episode and for especially for the listeners of TDLS, can you give can you give us a little bit 
about your background and what are you doing right now? Sure. So I studied graphic design uh, over 20 years ago. So I've been a designer for more than two decades. And after college, I lived abroad. I lived in Europe for three years, which um, was great for life experience, but also from a design perspective. I got to experience design living in London and living in Copenhagen. So a lot of my work has been heavily influenced by the Scandinavian style. That's actually my background. My dad is Danish. So that was uh, a really great life experience. I kind of feel like everybody should live abroad at some point in their life to experience different cultures and yeah. <laughs> the see the world. I think as a designer, you know, you can't stay in your own bubble. Like you have to get out, you traveling and seeing the world and seeing new places. I take design inspiration from, you know, architecture and places I visited and trees and experiences. So I feel like that really was quite formative in my design career. And I moved back to Toronto and you know, very quickly found that there wasn't the right kind of job for me. Uh -huh. And I started my own business over 15 years ago. And that was designing custom wedding stationery. And that was in 2004, when there was nothing like what it is today, right? You can find the most beautiful stationery online. Uh -huh. There's a lot of graphic designers who have started stationery businesses, but there was nothing like that. So I was really... Um, I like to think that I played a part in changing <laughs> the style of wedding stationery. So I had that business for 12 years and I loved it for a long time. And along the way, I was doing a lot of design work for small businesses, especially in the events and wedding world. And at some point realized I was actually making more money from that than I was from the invitations, even though I was spending all of my marketing dollars and time focusing on the stationery. So I switched gears and started really building up the branding side of my business. And then in 2016, I completely rebranded and let go of all the stationery and focused solely on creating amazing, memorable, authentic brands for small businesses and solo entrepreneurs. And so Lab Creative is my business and I've developed my own methodology for helping businesses with their brand foundation and then helping them then bring it to life visually. And I do a lot of speaking and I wrote a book earlier this year that came out in April called Brand Chemistry. So that sort of the, wow. brings yeah. us up to where I am today. Yeah, that's really cool. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting for me to know what's the difference now uh, compared to to, you know, you know the, the design industry right now. Can, can you share your insights about that? Sure. Um, I feel like there's, it's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of designers out there and yeah. <laughs> there are varying degrees of skill and talent. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's a challenge because there's a huge amount of people coming out of design school and there's just not enough jobs for them. Then we get into uh, online services, I won't name any names, but where you can get a cheap logo <laughs> or a cheap something and it, you know, it's not unique, it's not special, it looks okay, but 
it's, it's kind of generic and unremarkable and doesn't necessarily fit the company. It would probably look just like everybody else in that industry. So there's what's different now is there's all of these online services because as you said, you know, here we are two, you know, halfway across the world from each yeah. other mm-hmm. on a call, like this technology just didn't even exist that long, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So the world has opened up and you can't, you know, people are just going, oh, well, this is cheaper or more expensive and making decisions on that. So as a designer, as a creative, you can't be comparing on a cost perspective because somebody will always be cheaper than you. 100%. Yeah. Right? Like somebody could be charging $25 an hour and somebody else could be charging $300 an hour. How do you know as the client what's what you should be paying because there's such a big breadth of cost and prices. So that's a big challenge is that people are like, Oh, that's way more than I expected. Um, so part of our job as designers is to actually not undersell ourselves and our skill level. Um, you know, somebody who's out of, fresh out of school, they've got two years experience. They are going to cost less than somebody like me and my team because I come with over 20 years of experience. So you're going to get a different quality. doesn't mean they're not talented, but they probably won't charge as much because they won't have the same skill level. But I feel like collectively as an industry, we can't undersell and undervalue what we do. And we also need to support each other more because, you know, that's why it feels like there's a lot of competition. And I feel like if we could work together more, then that would make things better for all of us creatives. Yes, absolutely. I'm, actually, I'm super big about, you know, not selling yourself short, right? So it's probably one of the reasons why I do this podcast to to somehow uplift creatives, especially Filipino creatives, Asian country, you know, they, they try to be, you know, sometimes uh, less doesn't mean better, right? So, you know, you, you sell yourself less, but you you don't have to get uh you you get uh less paid jobs as well so it's pretty it's pretty saturated right now but i guess uh laura you 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 mentioned that you know branding is really what matters right now and to have a uh, have a great business and have a prosperous business you should have to build your brand and actually i i started building my brand five years ago and i I I never look back because uh back then there's a lot of free, uh, until now there's a lot of freelancing sites that offer a cheap price for designer creatives and I don't want to go that direction and luckily I I I you know I learned that uh, in in a in a small time or a small a small timeline so I decided to invest on my uh website SEO side and and social media side so and that's where and i'm i'm it's pretty weird because great clients is is outside those freelancing sites like what you mentioned so and um yeah with regards to building a brand i know you you've learned a lot or you you mentioned um a lot uh for your works here and you have a book as well in this one for this one what's your your best practical advice for creatives on building their business or building their brand or personal brand to be specific? 
Yeah, so I feel like there's sort of three key elements. Um, you yeah. need mm -hmm. authenticity and you need, you know, consistency and visibility. You know, you can be authentic, but if you're not consistent and visible, then nobody's going to know who you are. And if you're yeah. visible, but you're not consistent and you're not authentic, then again, you're not going to attract the right people. So, I mean, that's really summing it up. But, but if you are authentic in your brand and how you represent yourself, and when I say authentic, I mean your best authentic self. I don't believe in oversharing and uh -huh. really raw vulnerability. Yeah, sure. I believe in terms of being off because, you know, vulnerability keeps coming up. Uh -huh. And at least on my side of the world, that's like, well, how much is too much? And some people are really good taking the vulnerability thing and yeah, taking sure. it too far. So in terms of being authentic, you want to share your experiences so that you can show that, listen, like I've been where you are, I've struggled too, but you mm -hmm. don't want to share it when you're in the middle of it. So I believe that you need to teach from your scars, not from your wounds. Gotcha. So what that means mm -hmm. is... I always wait, like I, I, you know, I'm going through something, I go to my closest confidants, my husband is also an entrepreneur, we talk through all these things, I have some close friends, and then I will share it through a blog post or in my social media and a video, what, you know, after the thing is kind of resolved, and I will share what happened, what I did, and where I am now. So that people can, if you're in the midst of a crisis and people go, oh, well, mm -hmm. they're in a crisis, they're, I won't hire them now because they seem like they're a hot mess. So if you come across that way, you will lose credibility. But if you share after the fact, it actually makes you more real. And that, so that's, that's where I mean, you know, authenticity you know, I, I said to somebody recently, you'll never see a photo of me or a video of me like freshly rolled out of bed, you know, gotcha. like, yeah. or like I put, I still put effort into my authenticity, but it's still very much me. Mm -hmm. So yeah. there's, there's that just be your best authentic self. And then if you're consistent in how you show up and you're visible across multiple platforms, you know, you're on podcasts or you have a podcast, you're blogging and you're speaking, you're on social media and you're, you're, you're doing all those three things, then you'll be leaps and bounds ahead of many people because there always seems to be at least one of those things missing for a lot of, of especially the solo entrepreneurs because you're doing it all yourself. Yeah. And a lot of people, if it's a personal brand, they're afraid to really be themselves because they're afraid that, you know, what if people don't really like me as I am? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. something to just think about. And I think the other thing for creatives is that for the most part, and maybe I'm generalizing, most people never learn how to run a business. Yeah. We are creatives who studied design of some sort you know, whether it's graphic design or photography or interior design, or, you know, I'm not sure what all of your listeners do, but, you know, I didn't get a business degree, <laughs> right? Yes. Like I took a cup, I had like a, a mm -hmm. an entrepreneurship course in high school I took and like a marketing class in college. So I didn't learn what it really takes to run a business. So mm -hmm. everything I learned was through experience. Mm -hmm. You know, you also have to account for, in your hourly rate, 
if you're charging by hour, all of the hours that you're not doing billable work for those clients. So you still have to find a way to fill. You might only be ever working, you know, 20, 30 hours that's billable. So how are you going to make up for those hours that you're doing all of the admin and your social media and all of the other things that it takes to run a business? Gotcha. And yeah, yeah, and especially here in the Philippines, right? So on my personal perspective, because uh, we've thought to get a get a get a get a job on corporate world, or you know, study well and and school and get a job in corporate world. And uh, after we know, we don't we don't know anything about business or how how to live the real world, right? Or how to how to uh, get get things done in the real world. Uh, especially in the business side so and yeah and hope hopefully that's that's pretty a great advice for for creatives that are listening right now and if if you you know laura if if i ask you right now what's the best things or best ways for them to actually learn business uh business perspective especially for uh solo entrepreneurs or creative entrepreneurs do you have any uh, do you have any advice for them? That's a good question. I don't have any specific resources yeah. I can mention. I think you know Is it for things, experience, yeah, experiencing all or <laughs> just Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. you need to surround yourself with people who know things you don't know. Absolutely. Gotcha. So if you're only ever around other designers who have the same knowledge as you and same skill set, you'll never learn how to run a business. But if you have, uh, you know, have a business coach, somebody who knows these things, have a financial person who can help you figure out how to price things, really look at all of your expenses and what you spend your time doing so that, because that, I mean, I've worked with somebody like, to help me really map out, okay, this is what it costs to run my business. This is what I need to be charging. This is how we need to structure it, right? You don't learn how to do that in school. So even I have more recently invested in somebody to help me from a financial perspective to make sure that what I'm doing is sustainable as a business. Um, so I would say, you know, find people who have skill sets that you don't learn from them or hire them to help you because you can't be good at everything. That's just the reality. We can't be good at everything. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah figure out what you're really good at and make money doing that and outsource where you can and or learn from people that can give you some of those skills so that you've got the little trick. Um, in various areas until you maybe get to a place where you can afford to hire somebody to do that for you. Gotcha. Yeah. And the keyword here is sustainability. Actually, wrote, I'm actually writing it down. So I'm, I'm, I'm learning something from you. So yeah. And Laura, uh, I know you, you've been, you've been uh, in the industry for so long now. And what's the most common branding mistakes to avoid, especially for those aspiring creatives who just getting started and trying to build their own brand? Can you share your insights with that? Yeah, for sure. So this kind of goes back to what we just talked about, and that's yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that they don't have formalized systems. So, you know, have a proper 
pricing structure, agreement, proposal template, um, a portfolio of work, have, you know, your terms and conditions of how you get paid and when, and have all of this outline ahead of time so that when you actually get clients, you have that contract to send them or that proposal to send and it looks professional and it sounds professional it's branded you know don't send a word document I mean if you're creative you're probably not working in word anyway but like <laughs> yeah. it should always be a pdf yes. so that it's not editable doesn't have squiggly lines underlining words that it doesn't think are spelled correctly you know it just looks more professional optically have a proper email address don't use a gmail don't use a uh, whatever, I don't know what, what your different systems are, but have a URL that is like for mine, it's Laura at labcreative.ca. Be professional, or, yeah. Do, you know, support at labcreative. Like everything should be the, the URL for your business should be your email address. It's a small thing, but it's huge because to me, yeah. I will actually think a business isn't that serious if they don't have a proper business email address. Also, you know, that goes down to your schedule. Like, when are you available? Um, you know, when do you need to get paid? How do you do all of these things? So having some systems around that is actually really important. And I'll share a quick story. One of my very first clients, uh, when they hired me, said they hired me because I was so much more established than the other companies they had met. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And I didn't tell them, but they were my second client. <laughs> right? I was more established. And the reality is it's because I had a professionally run business that they could trust and they loved my design style. So the other, they could have loved the other designers work, but they didn't get the feeling that they were organized, you know, so that, that yeah. perception of how professional you are, how organized, if they feel like you're a bit fly by the seat of your pants and you're figuring it out with them as you go, they may not take you seriously. Absolutely. So having that, that's a really good, that's one. Yeah. Another one is that they're generic and unremarkable. They just kind of blend in with every other company doing what they do. And this is across the board in most industries. If you pull up, you know, if you do a Google search for any industry, you'll find that a lot of the logos and the color palettes look the same. So it's about trying to find a way to stand out from your competition rather than blend in and emulate. And then another one is consistency. And I know we kind of talked about that already, but that lack of consistency is the biggest problem I see with most businesses, even creatives, even people in sort of this world, because they're not looking at their own work. They're just like, oh, this is cool. And they're putting stuff out there. 100%. But if you really step back, yeah, if you step back and you look at, you know, I always encourage everybody, pull up your website, pull up your social media accounts and look at, are you using the same photo across the board? Are any of your images cut off or, you know, what's the flow of your Instagram feed? Does it look good? Would you want to, would you follow you? What's your handle? Do your handles match across your social media platforms? Is it clear that your social media handle and your website URL go together. Sometimes I've been on somebody's website and ended up on a social media channel and thought, is this the same person or company? You don't ever want somebody to question, even for a fraction of a second, mm -hmm. that this, they're in the right place. So if you're inconsistent, you're missing opportunities because it typically takes six to eight times for somebody to 
you know, actually reach out and hire you. So they need to see you six to eight times. So if you're inconsistent across your social channels and in the tone of your emails and your blog and where they see you, they may not even recognize you. So you're missing out on one of those touch points. Gotcha. Yeah, and and I feel like the I just want to highlight the small things like uh, having a professional email address, right? So I, I think that's really important because uh, I, I see a lot of creatives, especially here in the Philippines, that uh, using using the Yahoo Mail or you know, Gmail. Yeah. There's nothing wrong about that, but if you want to build your your own business or you want to be to build trust, right? So it's pretty practical or to invest on that as well and you mentioned yeah. laura the portfolio and i'm i'm really fascinated about this one because uh, i know there's a lot of changes happening in the in the in design industry every day every month uh what's the do you have any uh, insights about on how they can improve their portfolio i know uh they should look good right and they should have some case study or just uh, to communicate their processes. Do you have any insights about that? If you can share. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, I think it's a tough one because it's so individual. I mean, yeah. I know we are known for our style. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean that all of our brands look the same, but when you see our portfolio page, gotcha. mm -hmm. I'm, I'm systematic in how we showcase the work. So, um, on our portfolio page, we just show the logos. Then when you click on that, you go and you can see the full project. So mm -hmm. sometimes if you're trying to show too many details, like it's at a glance, you, if you see all of our designs together, you kind of get a feeling of our style. So immediately people will know, yes, this is my style, or no, I need something that has a very different vibe to it. So, you you don't want to pigeonhole yourself into a um, a very like too specific because then everything will start to look the same. Gotcha. But mm -hmm. you want it to not be jarring because then you'll just look like every other designer. So that's one aspect I think is what what is your kind of signature style? What is it about your work that would make somebody choose you over somebody else? Um, and I think it's also about who are you? And a lot of people hide behind their websites and their work. People want to work with people they know, like, and trust. So there's a reason why when you go to, yeah, when you go to the homepage of our website, it's all photos of myself and Maria who yeah. works for me and our clients or her and I working together. <laughs> It's not pictures of our work, and it used to be, but then we started getting testimonials from people uh -huh. saying they hired us because of the experience, how we made them feel, it was fun, they, it was just, they just knew they had to work with us. That's a feeling, that's an emotion, that's not, we have to be good at what we do. As a creative, you have to be good at what you do. That's just what it takes to be in business. But what, what makes you successful and makes you a desirable person for somebody to work with and choose you, even if you're more expensive, is how you make those people feel. So gotcha. don't make sure that you are on your website. 
Make sure that people understand who you are. Why should they work with you? Why do you do what you do? Develop your own process that you take your clients through. One thing I found fascinating is our process page on our website is always in the top five of the page, pages that are viewed on our website. Wow. I, I was well, below, like yeah. literally one behind our portfolio is the process. Yes. People want to know the journey you're going to take them on. Gotcha. Yeah. That's really so I think that's important to, to consider when you're thinking about, because it's your portfolio needs to be great, uh-huh. but it's, it's more than that. You can't just be selling because ultimately we're all doing the same work. We're all designing and creating a lot of the same things. So you can't sell the thing you create. You have to sell what they get out of working with you, what they get from that thing you've designed. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have, I have, uh, I'm having a hard time to process it, but <laughs> that's really, yeah, that's really <laughs> so give, I'll, big. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you an analogy. So this, this usually helps people. Uh-huh. You can't sell the plane. You uh-huh. have to sell the destination. Gotcha. So if you think about design, Thinking right? The end goal. Is that right? Yeah. So gotcha. the logo and the website and whatever you're creating, that's the plane. The destination is what that logo and website will do for them. Right. Will it bring them more clients? Will it give them visibility? Will it, you know, give them financial freedom because they're getting the clients? They will it like what, what will it fulfill on a, from a benefits side of things? Right. So that's really the, so don't, you can't sell design. You have to sell what your clients get from the design. Gotcha. hundred percent. And uh, uh, Laura, uh, I think that's really, you know, really big and valuable for, for those listeners. So I'm actually writing it down right now. And <laughs> with regards, you know, with regards to portfolio, I, I feel, I don't know if that it's, it's only me. Uh, I don't know if it's a curse or a blessing. I don't know if when, I, when someone asks me when, how, how can I improve my portfolio, I, I'll just said. Uh, create beyond your works or you know it's it should be bigger than yours or big in the bigger than yourself something like that do, do, does it resonate with you or with your uh with your brand as well something like that or that process i don't know because that may be too mm-hmm. abstract for people like what does that mean mm-hmm. um i mean we're always pushing ourselves to learn new things and gotcha create new processes you never stop learning and evolving i mean mm-hmm. my my design style has evolved so much over the last 20 plus years so it's i think just always be learning and always be improving uh-huh. gotcha. that's the best yeah. um and and review it from time to time what could mm-hmm. i do better this time mm-hmm. what could i you know so that you're not complacent in in your work yeah right are you up to date on technology are you learning new skills that you don't want to be left in the dust because you know other designers are farther ahead than you yeah right even the designer uh, maria who works for me she's far superior at doing certain things from a design perspective than i am 
because that's not my main role anymore. I'm doing more of the art direction. So Uh I'm about the details and the minutia and the, you know, that I, but she can create things that I don't have the skills to, to do. Yeah. And that's okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But she's continually learning and pushing Uh herself, which is what everybody needs to do. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's about the result that you can give to your clients, right? So I think that's really exactly. important. Yeah, and yeah, I'm 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 pretty blown away with all your <laughs> with all your <laughs> insights right now, and I'm I'm pretty uh, you know uh, thrilled to know know more about your uh, your brand as well. Uh, can, can you share a little? Uh, speaking of your speaking of your brand, you, you ca. Uh, do you have any insights when when uh, when you know when creating a brand from scratch? I, I think, especially here in the Philippines, you know, I'm I'm talking about with the uh, with the Asian guy, you know, kind of things, right? So, do do they need to be? Uh, do they need to choose the, the their name, or do they need to choose a a brand name what, what what's your insights about that i think it's, there's a lot of debate out here do i need to just bought a domain uh using my name or uh, or create a name like lab creative or something like that is it is it a rule or it's up no, to no it's it's a good question actually uh-huh. so and it, it depends if you have the vision of building a team being more than just you, then I believe you should have a name that is not necessarily your name. Mm -hmm. But if you're planning on being just you, or you're always going to be the face, but you might have people behind the scenes helping you, then you, you could stick with your name. I have clients that go both ways. In fact, my business used to have my name on it and I took it off. I changed the business name Mm -hmm. because I didn't want it to be just me. Gotcha. Right. I wanted if, because if your name is on the business, people only want to work with you. So by removing my name, I freed myself up and maybe that was just my own perception, Mm -hmm. but you know, I do one part of the business, but Maria does another part and I have other people who support me in other ways. So I'm not always going to be the only person you're communicating with. I'm still the face of the business. I'm doing the speaking and the book and all of that, but it's important to, and you may not know. I mean, my plans originally were to just be me. And Mm -hmm. then over the years that changed. So I have to, so you also have to know that your brand is a living thing and it will change and evolve over time. My whole business changed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that made sense. But a fun fact is that lab is my initials. Oh yeah. L A B. So I just just realized it. Yeah. It was, it was fun when my mom called me like a few months after I, I, you know, created the name and she's like, do you know that's your initials? I'm like, yeah, it was really funny, (laughs) but it's also a word and I can really use that the lab and science and formulas and chemistry. And so I use all of that language because it's so relevant to what we do. Because we create brand chemistry and my book is called Brand Chemistry. So I use a lot of that language. So it was perfect. So the naming thing is really 
really depends on you. And sometimes if you're just starting out, you're freelancing, you're like, it's very much a personal brand. You're trying to get your footing, then stick with your name and don't, don't overthink it because you can, Mm -hmm. there's no rules to say you can't change it down the road. Yeah, that's it. I did after 12 yeah. years, so. <laughs> that's really cool insight. I, I, I really, I, I'm really interested with your insight, so that's really makes sense, especially for those creatives that are just getting started and, you know, just messing it up with their, with their brand. And, yeah, you mentioned Brand Chemistry book. Laura, can, can you share a little bit about this one? What's, what's the why behind this book? Can you share it to yeah. our PDLS, yeah, audience? Absolutely. So three, uh, almost four years ago, when I started the journey to rebrand to Lab Creative, mm-hmm. I, I knew I needed to create sort of a process and a methodology. Um, I'd worked with a lot of different people over the years, and I learned a lot about branding. And I, I knew that um, I could create my own methodology based on all of these different things that I'd learned and fill in the gaps. Because what I've learned is that most people doing branding in the traditional sense of like foundation building, not the design piece, all of the other things, the experience and the messaging that most of them, I didn't, in all my research, I didn't find any that had a design background. So I knew I had an edge in, in creating this methodology as an entrepreneur, as a designer, and really leverage all of that to create a branding process to take clients through. So I developed Brand Camp, which is my methodology. It's eight elements. Mm-hmm. And I started that as a two-day in-person kind of intensive to help small businesses define their brand before you design it. So even though I'm a designer by background, I believe very deeply that you can't just jump to a logo and a website. You have to define 100%. the brand and understand who are they, who is this company, What's the personality of the brand? What's the essence? You know, all of those details before you can design it. And so I developed this process, uh, turned it into an online course, do it one-on-one with my clients. I've gone back to the two-day intensive weekends. And I realized that I wanted to put that methodology into a book to make it more accessible for more people. So I want to help small businesses and entrepreneurs around the world. And this book allows for people that, you know, perhaps they can't hear me speak or, you know, they're interested. The book is a great way for me to share my message with more people at a smaller price point than going through my course, things like that. Um, And I do a lot of speaking. And I knew that as a speaker, having a book would allow me to get on more stages and travel and do more with that and spread the word. and really grow the business into what I want it to be over time. So that was really the catalyst for the book was I need to get this into, I need to get this methodology that's, that's quite unique and very accessible to entrepreneurs into a book format. So more people can access it. Yeah, that's really cool. And where they can find this book for, for those who are interested, I'm actually interested with this one. So I'll get, I'll get one. Yeah, soon. It, yeah. it's on, it's on Amazon. So uh-huh. I can share the link with you. So sure. you can share it in the show notes. I also have a website, brandchemistrybook.com where you can, people can read about it. And then there's links directly to the Amazon page gotcha. from there. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So b- before we wrap, uh, so we can wrap up the show basically. So what what's the best practical advice for those younger creatives, especially those aspiring creatives that who want to build their own business, build their own brand, uh, brand chemistry? What's your best practical advice for them? Yeah, I think you know, surround yourself with other like-minded people that can support each other. I think we can't do it alone, even though a lot of people think they can. Um, I don't, I think we're all more successful when we have people around us to lift us up when we're struggling Mm -hmm. and to, to applaud us when we're doing amazing, right? We need that. 100%. We need those people who will be our cheerleaders and those ones that will kick us in the butt when we need it. Uh, and who will like listen to you when you're crying and sobbing about something and will give you that practical advice, but also be that shoulder. So, you know, find the people who get you, who will support you, who will not think you're crazy for doing what you're doing and, and learn from each other, you know, never stop learning and pushing yourself. Yeah. Um, and it can be hard. I've had days where I'm like, man, this is like brutal. Um, yeah. I've also learned to take care of myself better and learn when I start to get burnt out. Yeah. You know, Sweet. that term self care has become yeah. really popular, but I like to call it filling the well. So filling the well to me means a few things. One is filling my creative well. So whether that's traveling, seeing something new, going to an art gallery, finding inspiration and not just sitting working in front of my computer and kind of with blinders on. So you need to fill your creative well, but you also need to fill your your mental well and your spiritual well and all of these other wells by time away, not working, uh, going to a spa, taking a day off to read, having about like whatever those things are, going hiking in the woods, um, whatever it is that replenishes you, because we can't go, 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 go. I've had a history of getting sick, you know, when I get into a really intense time. So now I've got that awareness. So I'm doing things proactively yeah. With, you know, to make sure that I'm not just running myself into the ground because we're no good to anybody mm-hmm. when we're sick. Right. 100%. So it's always hard because you're like, but I have to take care of everybody else. I'm also a yeah. mother. So I'm used to like, yeah. I have to take care of my kids, my business, my people, my clients. I'm constantly caring for other people. Yes. But if I don't mm-hmm. care for myself, I can't care for those people. Yeah. And I've always, I've often felt guilt around doing things for myself. But the reality is, if I'm good, I'm healthy, I'm happy, I can help so many more people. 100%. And I'm super... So hopefully that helps. Yeah, that's really, really valuable. And I'm super big at uh, at that as well, because uh, I think I mentioned one of these episodes of the podcast that you need three habits. So if you if you want to live a happy happier life versus to uh, a hobby that uh, make you creative next one is a hobby that make you fit like exercise or do some cycling or basketball or some physical activities and last one is hobby that make that makes you money of course right so that's 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 three key uh 
pretty much similar to what Laura said. So that's pretty cool as well. And make sure to uh, make sure to take note of that because that's really really important, especially if you have a growing family as well and you have a growing business. All right. Exactly. Again, Laura, what's your website for for those listeners that are really interested to know more about you? Yeah, it's labcreative.ca. And you can follow us on the social channels. I'm mostly active on LinkedIn and Instagram. Uh, You know, I've got Facebook and everything else too. So Lab Creative Inc. uh, is our handle on most of them. And then you can just search for Laura Beauperlant on uh, LinkedIn. So I'd love to connect with anybody listening. Gotcha. And brandchemistrybook.com, right? So if That's you, right. For, yeah. those, uh, for those nerds that wants to read some, you know, uh, add some books on their, uh, on, their, on their list. So make sure to check that out. And for those who are listening, make sure to check all the show. Uh, for those who are listening, make sure to check the show notes. You can check all the links that we've mentioned here in this episode. And if you love uh, to check all the episodes of the podcast just go to thedesignliveshow.com or you can follow the podcast on any of your pa- favorite podcasting apps Spotify, SoundCloud Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts so that's it and once again Laura thank you so much and I really really appreciate your time and I hope you enjoyed the show and you, you enjoyed the, this episode this interview and I learned a lot thank you thank you it's been awesome thanks for having me And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. With that being said, there are a ton of people asking me on how to support this podcast. So here's how. Number one is you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. So in that way, you can help me to reach more people and make the podcast more discoverable within the ecosystem. Second one is you can take a screenshot of this podcast and share to your friends, colleagues, or to anyone that might be interested in this kind of content. Third one is you can support the podcast monetarily by visiting jchristteves.com forward slash donate. That's jchristteves.com forward slash donate or patreon.com forward slash tdls. And the last one is by listening to all the podcast episodes. However, if you support my message, that's more than enough and it means the world to me. So thank you so much.